with us in studio. Uh, I think we get to uh, visit with James Garcia from Whiteside County Animal Control about twice a year. Well, good morning. Good morning. Always good to see you. Yes, thank you for having me. I, I, I saw you walk in. I was like, oh, now he's got a beard. <laughs> yeah. But I recognized him. I said, I know who that is. Wow. So how's things uh, going with uh, Whiteside County Animal Control? It's going really good. Really good. Really good. And uh, about how many uh, uh, work with you? Uh, there's five of us. Five? Yeah. Okay. And uh, calls been up, calls been down, or just kind of uh, running normal? Running normal right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's the majority of uh, things that uh, Whitehead County uh, Animal Control deals with? Normally during the winter months, it focuses around neglects. Neglect. Yeah, oh. for the temperatures. But this year has been mild, so fortunately we haven't had a whole lot of calls. Right. So uh, somebody would see maybe a dog that hasn't, <laughs> been outside for a couple of days say hey could you go check on this or maybe even a horse right yeah generally yeah it generally it's welfare checks mm -hmm. on animals wow but, yeah so yeah luckily we had a passive winter so yes far. Uh, i mentioned um we were talking before we went on the air a lot of the uh, wild animals didn't go into their hibernation mm -hmm. there's raccoons all over the place yeah i'm really surprised we haven't had more calls for wildlife but uh, which I'm really glad we haven't, but yeah, it's been a mild winter, so there's more activity out there. So, um, yeah, and some of them, you know, they might be a little bit grumpier and not uh, have eaten enough, and uh, if somebody's pet, you know, does come across uh, any wild animal uh, and they have an encounter with it, uh, you should, uh, they need to contact the department, right? Correct, yeah, if there's any type of contact or uh, known contact or suspected contact, they definitely need to get a hold of us. So, yeah, because even if uh, they uh, may not get bit or anything, but if they uh, come across even the saliva of the animal, that can go a bad way. Yeah, if there's some type of interaction, we definitely would want to test the animal. Wow, so they just uh, contact uh, your department and you come out and take care of things. Correct. Wow. And then um, I know it's not here yet, but it's going to be coming. Um, I, how was your uh, uh, fairer weather encounters and bat reports? That usually picks up more towards the end of summer and early fall. The mating season for bats are in August, so you get a lot more activities, and that's when we usually have a lot of encounters. Now, if, uh, let's say uh, some of them found a nice, cozy place in uh, somebody's attic or maybe their chimney, uh, what would they do? If they are having an issue with bat infestations, there are uh, businesses locally that are nuisance wildlife control individuals that are licensed, and they can remove bats and bat-proof homes. So let's say you have just one and you notice that uh, a butterfly net or a towel, what's the best thing to do or should you do anything? I wouldn't do anything with it. I would probably contact a nuisance wildlife control so that they can, uh, they're a protected animal. So you want to make sure that you're following the law. So And you don't want to get bit. Right. Yeah, yeah. play it safe. Yeah, play it safe. Because uh, I think every single bat is, uh, you know, where there's one, there's probably more anyways. Well, there's, so. and, where there's, and uh, every one of them has rabies? No, 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 no. Okay. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, sometimes uh, uh, the bat population went down a little bit because of the, they got this white nose thing going on. So if you, mm. if you, uh, you know, if you see one leg on, on, on the ground and it's not moving, don't. don't yeah, I wouldn't mess the, with it. That would be, uh, that should be reported. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, especially if there's known contact or suspected contact. And then um, 
uh, I know there's you know a big concern with the avian flu and how it's affected some wild birds. Uh, what should a person do if they and if they didn't see a bird like hit the window and snap its uh, you know uh, neck or anything, and you just find one? Uh, probably shouldn't. Should that be reported? Ironically, we don't really deal with okay. the birds of the avian flu. Okay. That's actually handled through the environmental department. Okay. So if there's any issues or concerns or questions, they could definitely contact contact them. They could tell them what to do. Okay. But just in case you come across one or more. Yeah, I wouldn't touch anything. Right. Yeah, definitely. Right. I would contact the right people. Right. Well, uh, something to think about. I know it's uh, a couple of months off here, but uh, you're getting ready for the yearly vaccination clinic. How does that work, James? It started about five years ago that we held a uh, free rabies clinic for the citizens of Whiteside County. It was a really, really good thing, and it was really appreciated by the citizens, and we like to try to do that every year. And we generally try to do it around April or May so that the weather's nice. And this year we're planning on, we're shooting for the third week of May. Nothing's definitive. We've still got to get a few things uh, ironed out. But we're looking at the third week of May for all citizens of Whiteside County. They can bring in their dog or cat and get a free rabies vaccine. Oh, and, uh, oh so it's free? It's free. Wow. And is that recommended every year? Um, yeah, your animal's got to be vaccinated every year or every three years, depending mm-hmm. upon the shot you get. So it's kind of like uh, people uh, getting ready for flu season, get yeah. a flu shot. So yep. take care of the pets just the same. Yep, it's required for the lifetime of the pet. Especially, um, well, in our areas, you know. I mean, even though Sterling and Rock Falls are big, you wild animals all over the place. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then um, we're uh, also talking about, uh, well, the, the thing that we've... Uh, hopefully are out of the woods dealing with uh, two and a half years of uh, COVID. That create a lot of uh, pet situations and people were either moving or having issues with their pet and you uh, had a lot of pet forfeiture going on. Yeah, with COVID and everybody being shut down and everybody being at home, there were record numbers of adoptions, you know, throughout COVID. And then as time has gone on with people going back to work and uh, a lot of the, uh, uh, what do you call that, the rent moratorium mm-hmm. on the rent and uh, evictions uh, we unfortunately have had a higher number of relinquishments which oh. has created a challenge in itself <clears throat> you know so with the and it's not just us it's 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 the uh, humane societies and the and the shelters they're just they're dealing with the same issue so it creates a challenge for us to try to to rehome these animals I think uh, that's almost preferred that at least they contact somebody instead of just throwing it out and saying, hey, you're on your own. Yeah, definitely. Oh, absolutely. We always try to encourage people to reach out for help and try to find other solutions and try to use us as a last resort, you know, because it is a challenge and we do the very best we can. So if somebody, um, you know, a lot of pets are considered family members, but somebody has to come up with that choice, is there there any sort of fee if they if they choose to do that yeah there is a relinquishment fee um and it's 85 dollars for a cat Mm. or a dog and 30 dollars for a cat now for us we have to house feed care for maybe vet and then eventually fix the animal so there's an extreme amount of cost and time that goes into it for us so i i think those fees are fairly reasonable you know and and they can reach out and we have helped people you know there's other things going on in their life, you know, and, you know, and they're having a hard time. Sometimes we work with them, mm. you know. 
So you've had a, a larger amount than usual, and uh, all these pets eventually uh, uh, go up for adoption. So yes, and and uh, if somebody wanted to adopt, uh, where would they go? Like to Happy Tales or Granny Rose? Where would they go? We have a lot of partnerships. We 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 work a lot with Happy Tales. We work a lot with Granny Rose. Uh, we deal with uh, uh, Safe Haven Humane Society wow. up in Joe Davies County. And they've been a, a wonderful resource for us. And we try to adopt out of our facility, but with the fact that there's such a small number of us and we have so many other calls, we don't have as much time always that we can dedicate to the time that it takes mm -hmm. to adopt. But we do try to adopt as many out of our facility as we can. But we do transfer quite a bit to our local Humane Society. So at, at your facility, um, well, you obviously have to uh, feed and do a few other things with these animals. How does, how does that come around? Is it, do people make donations, or how does that work? We have had some donations, but we get a lot of our stuff from Purina for okay. the animals. Wow. But, yeah, we we got to provide care 365, 365 days a year for them. Yeah. So it's a lot of work. So with all the other uh, things you have to do, you and the uh, five others came on a rotation and... Uh, yeah, yeah, they're on a rotation. Wow. Yeah, because somebody's got to be there to take care of them on holidays and weekends. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's a rotation. Wow. And then uh, I think uh, something also that's important, and even now I keep hearing about these stories about pets that have been one thousand four hundred miles or so away from their family, whether it was by accident or somehow, or somebody moved and the dog didn't get moved with them, and they find their way home. Mm -hmm. And that brings me to the importance of uh, these uh, chips for pets. Mm -hmm. My gosh, it, it's almost like a fingerprint identifies yep. them because all their information is in this little chip. Yeah, it's a great resource. Yeah, you can uh, go to any any veterinarian, they'll chip, and we, we chip as well at our facility. If you call in and schedule an appointment, it's $25 for a microchip, but it's a really good way to prove ownership in the event that your animal's lost and maybe somebody else found it or, uh, you know, the animal's stolen. or It's a, definitely a great way to get the animal back to the owner. So all those chips are pretty much uh, compatible. It's like, let's say, a pet was 500 miles away and it came, got turned into a, a veterinary office. They have a scanner, and it just, oh, look at there. There's, uh, you know, Bill's dog, and here's Bill's mm -hmm. number. So they call Bill and say, hey, we found him. Yeah, most chips... Uh, most scanners read most chips. There are a few out there that are scanner specific, but most of them you can use a universal scanner on and uh, be able to track the animal. So um, what keeps you the busiest? What keeps us the busiest? I would say probably um, enforcement uh, complaints mm. is probably the number one, number one thing. Well, and uh, what, what sort of complaints? It could be anything from aggressive animals to uh, welfare checks on animals, okay. you know, whether it's uh, agricultural or, or domestic. Right, so do you, um, well, do you do, uh, accept reports for, like, well, let's say pigs, cows, and horses? Yeah, yes. Uh -huh. There was uh, about eight or nine years ago, there was a memo sent out where animal controls were asked to pick up some of the agricultural calls uh -huh. and then if it couldn't be resolved then to forward it on over to the department of ag so we started doing a lot more of the agricultural calls for welfare wow yeah wow um any um, openings or uh, you any foreseeable openings 
I don't see any in the near future. Okay. Maybe, maybe later on. Maybe later yeah, on. Maybe later on. <laughs> maybe say, "Ah, it's enough of this." And if anybody has any questions or needs to make a report, what's the best thing for them to do? Just give us a call. You know, call us on our office six two five three five zero seven. They can also go to our Facebook, um, Whiteside County Adoption Center. They can uh, Facebook message us. They can email us at animalcontrol at whitesidehealth.org. So those are the, the main the main ways to contact us. So if somebody, um, for the adoption center, uh, is it best if somebody calls in and makes an appointment? Because yeah. you're not just sitting there waiting for Right, to yeah, they definitely need to call in and schedule an appointment so that somebody can set aside specific time for the people to come in and meet with them because there's a lot involved from the paperwork to the meeting of the animal to having pets meet the animal to you know, family members. So it can be time consuming. So we'd like them to definitely call in and schedule. Right. And I suspect they have to fill out a little bit. Of yeah. There's some paperwork to fill out and there's a, you know, there's a process. So yeah, definitely call in and schedule. And, and, uh, those individuals, uh, will they be cat or dog that are up for adoption have been spayed or neutered and rabied? Yes. Wow. Yep. So they're ready to go. They're ready to go. <laughs> and, and, and if they aren't, then they're allotted time to get fixed and we do cover the cost. So about how many dogs do you think you have? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, right now, not fortunately, not too many okay. right now. Yeah, but probably more cats. No, actually, no, no not right oh, now. No, okay. no, no. That's really we're in a really good position right now. It was not too long ago we were in a really rough, rough spot <laughs> about a month ago. We were pretty full, you know, and and so we we take in six, seven hundred animals a year. I think about maybe sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little less. Any uh, feral cat or otherwise uh, concerns? No, no. We have a TNR program for that that will probably start back up in April, you know, to help fix uh, feral cats. Sure, yeah. But, uh, you know, they do keep the rodents down. In yes, they do. Yeah. Even though yeah. they're out there. Yeah, the program's they, been really good. <laughs> We've definitely seen a, a, a lower number of calls. You know, years ago there would be a tremendous amount of calls when it came to feral cats mm. but i think now that we've had this program i think three years now three or four years between us and other groups that spay and neuter the cats seems that our calls have reduced yeah. so i think it is working okay yeah. well that's a good sign as well yeah that's a good sign wow well james always good to see you yes thank you for good having me james garcia with the white side uh, county animal control i appreciate your work as well thank you